Hello, welcome to episode three of the Testing Peers podcast. I'm Simon and I'm here with Chris, Russell and David. Today we're going to be talking about how you empower your team and experience we've had on both the positive and negative of doing that. Before we do that, how is everyone? Anything good this week, guys? Been up to anything fun? Another fun week in lockdown. <laughs> One week is very similar to the next. It's trying to distinguish between weekends is, and normal isn't it? days. Yeah. I was surprised that it was Thursday today. <laughs> is it Thursday today? <laughs> I only knew it was Thursday because we were having beers with the peers. Mm. So yeah, when well, we're not having beers with the peers, what were we doing? I, think, uh, I got my bike serviced and got out on my bike last week, so that was quite cool. Actually, on that point, I'm very proud of myself, and this is going to sound really silly, and I don't care whether this goes out or not because I'm, I'm proud as hell with it. I fixed my first flat tyre of my son's bike. I've never fixed a flat tyre before. I've always taken it to Halfords and whatever else, but I managed to fix it myself this week, so I'm very proud. So, well done, me. Well done. Was your son proud of you as well? He was. He was very excited to come down the following morning and see that a tyre was pumped up again and not, not flat as a pancake. Yes. You do the full works. Was there like a hole in it? Did you have to replace it? Did you patch it? Oh, I just I just bought these patches that just went straight over the hole and then uh, bumped it up. Yeah, but I take the wheel off and take the tire and take it off. Yeah, I'd have to tell you guys that you've probably all done that a million times, but for me it was the first time. It's an achievement. No, well done. I've just yeah. always replaced them. I never bother patching them. No, I never patched them. Was it a back one? Why? It always seems to be the back ones that go. Yeah, I guess it's it more was. Weight. It was the front one. Oh, was it? Okay, so uh, here's a question for you. How do you get hold of testing T-shirts when there's no conferences? I well, know. I know how will come back it, yeah. and say, doing it? Yeah, they're doing test-at-home swag T-shirts, aren't they? I guess not everyone takes a T-shirt. Some people take 50, Russell. Um, at the end of a conference, when they're not in use, then I will make <laughs> I... use of them for the benefit of my team. <laughs> and my fellow friends called Chris, who need more than enough T-shirts. <laughs> Yeah, I've only, I've, only, I've only got three Source Labs t-shirts. You know, I need more. I've got three colours. I've got black, grey and red. Just call more. them up and say you're interested and they will send you Source for life. I've, I've had the Source as well. I've had two, two of the Sources. I've had and the headphones. And, and socks. socks. Yeah. yeah, the socks are good. And I had a notebook once as well. Source Labs mm. are really good with their swag. I think they I've, got, I've got They're a practice, nice people test, as well. practice test notebook. Yeah, that's good. I've, I've, had, I've had a practice test t-shirt that wasn't really good. Wireless charging pad. Not yeah, that was from Perf Test. Infra, Inflector. In, infra, yeah, Inflector. So we are now sponsoring, getting, trying to get lots of sponsorship. O- Octo, Octo <laughs> Perf did some good t-shirts. Did you see their ones? I, li- I like the um, uh, Smart Bear ones that talk, that talk about the, um, the the number of bugs based on a pint glass. It's quite cool. Oh, I didn't have a Smart Bear one. I got the Smart Bear socks. It, it says the about test, the blue test, ones. testing responsibly or something. It says across the top of it. It, says <laughs> it wasn't at the testing conference, but the GitLab conference, they gave you... F- Get lab pint glasses. Ooh. Nice. Mercia test in Germany did the um, did the Steins, didn't they? Yes, they did. Anyway, so what are we talking about this time around? Empowerment's a big thing. Where everyone in the modern world seems to think that good leadership requires you to empower your team. What would you actually class as empowering your team? Have you had success? I tried when I first had a position of leadership. I tried quite hard to not enforce any of me onto the way people were working, but to sort of enable them to do their jobs better, give them the power, empower them to do what they wanted to give them some autonomy. I I basically gave them a bit of a get out. I said, look, blame me. If somebody questions you on these sorts of things, that's kind of what I'm here for. I'm saying you, you go ahead, trust your instincts, use the tools you need to use all those sorts of things. 
I trust you. I trust you and your, your instincts and your way of working. And that went quite well with most of the testers. And then I had one that I tried to do the same with. And all of a sudden they found themselves so intimidated, so overwhelmed and basically thinking there is zero structure. There's no way of working here. I don't understand what is expected of me. And wholeheartedly, that was my fault. I misread the situation. I thought I could just do the same thing for each person because it was working so well. And actually, some people require more hands-on support. Some people require more mentoring or whatever. And part of the one-to-one side of the things, of course, is learning what it is that they need and the way that they think and approach things. I, maybe I got a bit complacent because everything was working nicely. And so my, my biggest struggle was trying to, rather than empower, it was almost to not even educate, it's kind of open their eyes a little bit, but also to enable them to get to the point where they could be empowered. And that is a different challenge in itself. Yeah, I think it's, empowerment and the word is often it's used as an absolute sometimes if that makes sense you kind of there's no such thing as really absolute empowerment that means you can do anything you want anywhere you want however you want we don't live in societies that has that boundlessness and it's trying to find the bounds in which we can help people and guide them to chris's point you've got to find the people that need some boundaries scrum talks about empowerment but scrum in itself is a boundary system it has certain rules and certain things not many and lots of things have bounds and I use bounds against empowerment. I guess it's not just boundaries, but it's certainly a good example of it. You've got to give people the room in which they can do their best work. Some people can be given an open expanse and write a fantastic novel. Some people need to kind of be given a template to start writing a first test case. And then once they've done the first test case, then they can figure out, well, why this is crazy or write their first automation script. You know, they use frames, frameworks and it's finding the right place for the right people for the right point to give them the right sort of empowerment. That means they don't flounder too much, but they also get to learn and grow. And that is, I guess to me, the, the ultimate sort of support coaching mentor type role. Um, And it's, it's not easy and every single individual is different and you can group them, experience people in your company probably fit into one group. They know how to do their general role but they don't know other things, but you can't generally treat everyone the same. And I guess empowerment doesn't mean the same thing to everyone. Exactly. Exactly. I I had a really good example that I still sort of think about fondly where with one of my team that I hired and when I was in McAfee, one of the team in Cork, junior tester, never done testing before, was quite unsure of himself. Didn't really know whether he was going to be any good at it. You know, after a couple of months, he was starting to get up to speed to it. But sat down with him and said, okay, how are we identifying test, test cases? And it was a, a pretty straightforward piece of functionality at the time that, was, that there, was, there was obvious options to test. And they were fumbling around with thinking up one, two here. And I, I suggested to them, to two of them actually at the time, about using a, a matrix, combinational matrix to try and work out all the different combinations. And suddenly the light bulb flicked and suddenly that was something they could do and they could work it all through and find out all the, all the scenarios had done. And it was just that immediate moment where they suddenly went, well, we can do this. And it gave them that power to then go away and, and do the testing for that part. They tested it effectively using that technique and then identifying others as well. But then they were able to, to use a similar way of thinking for future features. And it actually gave this one person confidence that he was actually quite good at what he needed to do. And he went on to be a, well, he still is a very, very solid yeah. tester. And it's just 
that immediate light bulb moment that's that's one of the things you, you know you're starting to be empowered you're giving them the skills to be able to do the job yeah you've you hit the nail though which is you've empower them isn't just say go do that's just free-for-all um yeah. empowerment is kind of saying what do you think we should do and giving them support and help pointing them to text to blogs to videos or whatever medium that works for them to give them the ideas you know talking yeah. to other people it doesn't have to be you that gives them the solutions or helps them but you want them to figure it out and if they figure it out they'll trust it they'll believe in it they'll learn from it they'll grow from it and if you have a culture of that which is what you drive towards that's when you have empowerment it's when people feel like they're not chastised for trying something different for asking questions and an empowered team is one that fails experiments learns fails again experiments learns and doesn't just keep doing the same thing you just talk about all the exciting parts of testing really now aren't you because i guess if you're if you're one that's just doing what you're told that's not very exciting is it in my book no yeah i guess this is what you're told is important you know but Sometimes you have to follow instructions, but if you're doing that, there's a large part of me that says you, most of that should be automated. It doesn't have to be, but most of it. If you're doing something creative, new, outside the world of testing, same rules kind of apply. Empowerment isn't a test thing. It's a human mm. characteristic, and testing is no more different to art, to poetry, to you know anything. It is a, it's an art in that sense, in that you create things, you learn things, and you adapt, and as one of those sort of material sciences it's quite good to learn one thing i've learned as a leader is that if people come to you with ideas is just say let's investigate that and even if they can't actually follow it through themselves it's who within the group or within the wider company can help it help it happen there was a good example in that uh, we were setting up some automation of hardware devices and one guy came up with it and he wasn't able to write the automation scripts, but we put a group together. And so therefore we've got a rolling internal project. So every new bit of hardware that comes in, we start writing automated scripts for it as we can. And that has already helped other groups and divisions. But also it's important, I think, I'm recognising I'm in the position to be able to facilitate that and to, to not take ownership of it or claim that I came up with the idea recognizing who came up with the idea I'm just in a position to be able to make it happen and give them the credit yeah you you help join the dots so to speak you connect the people together in order to help people do I guess for want of a better word it's quite fun in the conversations isn't it you get to know people and you get to think and when you're reading and you're seeing things you go oh do you know what this would be something that so and so would really like um, and you can sort of tailor your feedback or the things you found exciting to certain people i dropped mental health first aid on the lap of one of my team because i thought that they would be awesome at it and i didn't say to everyone in my team that would be something i think you'd be kind of cool at just just one of them and they ran with it and they have legitimately been awesome at it as you get to know your people you will find actually do you know what this thing i've been reading about say like a, a, a nice section with simon Pryor and leading quality for example um you know, you might find something in there that actually works out to be something that could inspire person X who's going, going through a particular situation in, the, in their context. And, and the, 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 the fun and creative part as someone that's doing one-to-ones isn't so much that we're testing stuff. It's that we're getting to know people and, and we find little nuggets of goodness that we can sort of throw in the direction of people. And, and you can't expect everything you suggest to somebody to be a success. 
And like Russell said, there will be failures and that's, that's okay. And people need to know it's okay for those failures to, to yeah. Um, happen. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy sort of just having a, just a tiny little bit of uh, planting a seed and seeing, seeing something flourish. It's, it's so exciting. Yeah, I'd agree. And you, you talk about dishing the bits of information out on, and suggested topics for them to look at to different people. I've had managers in the past that just felt it was a good thing to blanket tell everyone to go and read the same book, a book on testing or something. And at the time, okay, we're going to have to read this book and then we'll apply it. But actually, there was never any follow up on the book. There was just an expectation that that was enough. And actually, I've done things where I've suggested a particular book to a couple of people. And then I've gone back to them because it's one I've read in the past. I've gone back to them and said, okay, how, how, how would you deal with this issue that was discussed in this chapter and try and get them thinking about it and then okay now how can we apply this to to, to what you're doing and put it as part of their personal development to try and encourage them to to grow and i think that's the other key point as well is empowering them is making sure you work with them not on the business objectives but on their personal development plan you work with them collaboratively on their goals start with looking at where they want to go and I always do it with mind maps, build out a mind map. Okay, this is where you want to go. What are the branches we can take off that? You know, go in this direction for this and look at these different areas and, and get them to fill in the gaps and build out the goals. And if you get them to build it out, they become more committed to it. And that then gives them that ability to, to feel empowered because they've helped decide their own vision. And that's, that's, that's always a powerful tool as well. Another thing I've done in the past is when I took on a new team, I bought them, I bought them all T-shirts from Ministry of Testing Merchandise site got them all to choose the ones they wanted and, and get t-shirts just as a, like, a little gesture of, you know, we might be doing testing. It's not seen as the most happy, positive role in this place. Let's get add a bit of joy and you can all have a t-shirt that says about test, some testing jokey slogan on it or whatever else. And it just got people thinking, yeah, actually we are important. Um, we do mean something. It, it, the little gestures sometimes help them feel empowered in themselves or, you know, you can push them into the team with the developers and they don't feel like they're the they're the lesser person it's it's an interesting battle to try and help them overcome they feel important in themselves in that case you give them an identity yeah yeah exactly it was a bit like the um kindergarten cop when he uh, marches the kindergarten all the way through the school and they're all marching and they're being all proud about themselves mm-hmm. even if they're like a minority they're actually coming forward and just being like Do you know what this is us and we're flipping awesome yeah sometimes it's you forget if that makes sense. And again, going back to sort of the one-to-one sort of side of things, it's having the one-to-ones, having the kind of, sometimes it's a pep talk, to be honest with you, not always, but um, sometimes it's a pep talk. Sometimes it's reminding people of the different ways. Um, like Simon, you know, I get disappointed sometimes when people don't want to get involved in certain activities, but different activities trigger different people. Some people want to be mental health first aiders. Some people want to do STEM. Some people want to do robots with Lego and stuff. And some people want to write to conference talks. Some people want to do public speaking. Some people just want to learn automation. Some people want to get head down. Some people just want to go home at nine. Yeah, so, some people are happy. Nine o'clock. Some people just want to do nine to five. And, and, that, and that's been a big debate in the industry as well is how do we get everyone passionately engaged in testing? But actually, like you say, some people just want to be nine till five and go home and spend time with their family and completely forget about it for the rest of the time. And that's allowed as long as they come in and do their job, you know, and and they're happy doing their job, then fine. And others, others will be wanting to do everything around the industry as well. And I'm, I'm one of those that I sometimes can't switch off and testing become my hobby as well as my work. And to be honest, the community needs people like that. And we need people that are passionate, they still want to talk about it, they want to promote it. But there's not many industries I know of in the world that everyone is like that. Not everyone's an advocate. Exactly. And 
we we can't get lost on our own sort of um, hype to a degree sometimes. Got to kind of remember that. Actually, first of all, we're a job. We want to be good at it. Everyone should be good at what they do. Um, but some people do it to earn money. That's it. Some people do it because they love it. Some people do it for both. Some people do it as a hobby. They don't. Actually, the money is a bonus. And you've got to accommodate for all those people. And as long as you do that nine to five, you do your core job well, you want the one feedback and all the rest of it. The additional in most companies I work for is not necessary. There's always been stretch objectives and that sort of random thing that I've had companies that say everyone's got to have a side of a desk project, yada, yada, yada. That's a struggle for those people. But often those people are the workhorses, the grinders, they get things done, head down, buried, they stop going off on tangents unlike us. And they kind of get the focus and they get it done because they're a void of distractions. And you kind of need a team. This is a whole different conversation now. A team that is made up of the, the stormers, the people that want to go out there and blow the world over and come up with brand new ideas and change the world. You want the people that kind of are interested, but not that bothered, if that makes sense in that. You want the people that just get stuff done. What you don't really want is the kind of distractors um, from this world, that the ones that kind of take away from it, that naysayers that complain, that tell, you know, um, these people come in here, get my jobs, etc. The automation is going to kill everything off. It's going to change things, but it doesn't mean it's going to kill everything. And there's a difference. Yeah, I mean, the team makeup thing, it's something I've, I've thought about before as well. And I think the analogy that always works for me, and apologies if there's not any fo- if there's people that aren't football fans, but is you have your flair players like your Ronaldos and your Messis, and then you have your grinders, you have your, your midfield maestros that, you know, that, that kick lumps out of people and do the job effectively, but don't do, it, don't do it with any style or anything else. And it works the same in the workplace. You have the, you have the people that will, the workhorses that will work their hours, they'll do the best work possible in the time frame. They've got, you can rely on them to get something done. It will be done to a good level of quality, etc. And then you've got your flair players who want to do everything else outside of work and also be the ones that show up for the, for the hard times and, and help through the, and, t- and almost take the glory effectively. But mm. yeah. Yeah, I guess you've got your fringe players, you've got your squad players and that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, dependable, but not going to set the world on fire. But you need them. Otherwise, as a team sport, you fail. There are a couple of things I'd like to pick up there. I think it's important for the group to be cohesive, especially even within the company. On the projects we work on, we often have lone testers in a variety of different things. And I know that in the past, we've lost people because they felt isolated and they weren't supported. And so actually, we've put in place meetings where we just share ideas. And that certainly helped because we have people that are hardware test engineers and software test engineers. And we sort of broken down that boundary by the people that share ideas. And so therefore, we are recognizing the skill set that each person has and have learned from each other. But also talking about the sort of flair players and also within the team or the group is that what we need to do is recognize everyone's contribution to the work and not just just because people might be full of flair and very flamboyant and very visual they shouldn't be seen to be given all the opportunities because actually it's Absolutely. the grafters yeah. that are there every day and okay they might not be doing everything after work but their their work ethic may well be better than those people that are all showboaty and look at me and yeah. almost expect to be promoted well, if that's what they're looking for whereas actually it's the grinders that may well get a better chance of being promoted as long as you can influence the people that make the decision that be, be promoted that they've actually done a good job and that's very hard because 
using that football analogy, people see the superstars, they don't see everyone. But yeah. say everyone is there to pull together, otherwise you're not a team. You don't deliver an objective. So it is a hard one to try and take out the bias from decision-making, from all the rest of it that we've got. I guess as leaders, that's ultimately what our job is to do. Our job is to coach the team, again, using the football analogies, to deliver the best, to try and get rid of some of the egos. Thank you for joining us for the episode of the Testing Peers podcast today. If you've got any feedback you want to give us, then please email us at contact us at testingpeers.com. You can find us at Testing Peers on Twitter um, or go onto our website, testingpeers.com. It's a bit of a theme there. Um, thank you so much for your time. Uh, please uh, subscribe leave us some feedback we really appreciate um, any feedback that you've got for us and be well for now it's goodbye from the testing peers goodbye, goodbye.